How bad was sex education in high school? <laughs> it was the worst. That's why we wanted to start this podcast. Dr. Stormy and I knew that there are so many folks out there that want to learn more, that want to start conversations, that want to be vulnerable and express their feelings, emotions, wants, and desires. And that's what Sex 101 is about. Dr. Stormy has spent so much time working with couples, working with men and women. I myself have worked with lots of men talking about relationships and sex and where we're at today with our sexuality. So come join us. This is going to be a great episode, just like all Sex 101 episodes. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to laugh a lot. And we're going to have a great time. All right. We are back again. I'm happy to do this podcast. I really enjoy doing this. This is like, uh, th- th- I think the thing about it is you and I have a lot of fun, but also it's just really informative. And that's why if you're listening to this, that's why we're doing it. That's what keeps us motivated that we know what sex education has been like and, and how vulnerable <laughs> you have to be sometimes to talk about things. And we just want to make it uh, just a little easier for you to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and today's topic is, is one that, um, I didn't know if I'd ever talk about, you know, uh, mm. we're talking about uh, post-divorce single life. And uh, I thought that would never, ever happen to me. I The single mm-hmm. life was never going to happen in Toby Morell's life again. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm a Christian, uh, you know, I worked mm-hmm. at churches, uh, you know, that divorce is bad. It's, it's just mm-hmm. an evil sin. You know what I mean? Like there's only a couple of ways out. And I, I didn't have one of those ways. And we just, you know, we divorced. Yeah. And uh, and I always thought if I ever did get divorced, I just like as a thought uh, experiment, I was like, man, I don't know what I would. I don't know if I could ha- how I would handle it, like just meeting a new person, having to hear about their life and what they do. <laughs> oh, no. And what did they sound like when they chew food? I, all these, you know, what I, mean? <laughs> like, I was like, I just won't be able to take it. You know, right. I'd stay in a bad marriage than have to deal yeah. with all that stuff, you know? Totally. I really can relate to that. I mean, similarly, I was like, I, I'm very stubborn. And our listeners probably are get, getting that in our episodes. But I was like, I am never getting divorced. Like, I am not going to get divorced no matter what. And then, you know, here we are, Toby, to doing post-divorce single life. And both of us post-divorce. Um, and so, you know, I think the, you know, the overarching message I want for our listeners and our, our viewers today is that there is absolutely life after divorce, right? There's, mm. there's, there's sex after divorce, like I promise, right? <laughs> um, but that it's so hard. It's so tender. It's so hard to feel that when you are in it, when you're in oh, the mud and the muck and the hurt and the hardness of divorce. Uh, and so that's why we decided to do this episode today to kind of give you all a little hope if you are in that place. And if you are, we feel that so tenderly for you. Yeah. Um, and then also just because, you know, I mean, if you look statistically, their divorce is very common. So, but how do we, it can just be so hard to see past the pain that you're in currently. And, and I always say like, I'm someone who is incredibly, my ex-husband would say this too, incredibly grateful for my divorce for where I what it taught me and where I am now a large part because of my divorce but I also like wouldn't have wished that on my worst enemy at the time right Right. like it's because it's such a massive deconstruction of who you are who you think you are the roles you have it's a complete deconstruction process it's a whole different reality I feel like Mm -hmm. I I feel like I went into a different reality where I was like oh no who is this Toby I thought I knew him and I totally yeah. Yeah. 
So we're going to be talking today about some things that we wish we knew and, and during our during the divorce process and after and then the life after the divorce a little bit, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so when I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, what if I love this topic, right? What do we wish we knew, right? Hindsight is always amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we can, if only we could live in oh, hindsight. I know. <laughs> you never know if so it's I coming think, either. Yeah, yeah. You never know. I know. You, you know, you you think, know it, I'll never have hindsight on this. You just think it'll always be right, bad. Exactly. In the and when when I was thinking, okay, five things that we wish we knew when we were both going through our divorces, right? About yeah. about life and love and sex to come. And you know, I was like, okay, what's one of the first things that I heard? And what I heard, which by the way, is not one of the five things that Toby and I are saying to our listeners today, is that this too shall pass. I don't like that as a therapist because yeah, no shit, this too shall pass. But when you are in the pain of it, for me, that feels really invalidating. Like you're yes. like, okay, go screw yourself. <laughs> like, yeah, right. I know esoterically yeah. that this isn't going to be this way forever, but it's so hard when you're in the pain of it. So oh, you know, so for right. those of you out there that are hearing that, like this too shall pass, like just know the person means well, but that's not, a, that's not very helpful. I know it's just like when people say, "Oh, yeah, well, just don't be depressed, or or just do something else." You know, like, like yeah, don't 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 overthink. You know, you're th overthinking yeah, exactly. it. Like it's, it's just not that easy <laughs> when you're in it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. you'll be fine. You're exactly right. Yeah, no, it's true. And so, so when we were thinking about like, okay, what are five things that we wish we knew? And 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 for me, one the first one is that. It, it we, we just mentioned it's a deconstruction, right? But it is, divorce is, there is a grief, it's a death. It is a grieving process. There is a death mm. to the relationship, probably to the family structure, Ooh. maybe to your beliefs you held about yourself. Maybe there's, like you mentioned, Toby, religious beliefs that say that this is mm -hmm. bad or not good. Right. Um, so there is a grieving process. And when we, if we can, if you can think of your divorce and the, your healing through your divorce as a grieving process, you just give yourself a lot more grace. And so there's stages of grieving process. It's uh, Kugler Ross came up with five of them, and they are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So that's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. And I don't know about any of you out there or about you, Toby, but I went through all of Everyone. those in my divorce. <laughs> right. Didn't miss a one. And, oh, totally. And the other thing that's important to know is that it's not linear. It's not like you move from denial to anger to bargaining to depression to acceptance to, you know, healed. Yeah. It's not linear. So you might be in one phase one day, multiple phases in one day. You might be back and forth. So just but that for me that. And I didn't have that knowing when I was going through my divorce. I have it now. But if you look at it as a, as a grieving process, that you have a lot more grief for each of those stages. And it's totally normal and actually healthy to go through all of those stages of grief. Yeah, you're right. Wow, that's interesting, too, because I never even thought that. And as soon as you said them all, I know that I did. That that denial is so strong in the beginning. You're like, no, 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 no. It's, it really is like, I think it's it, some of it's fear-based. Your whole life is going to change. You, you And like for me, you know, my marriage was like 20 years, 20, mm -hmm. year, two decades of my life. I spent thinking I was doing something, building something still, working together, yeah. doing it. And we did. And then for that right. to end, I just couldn't, I could not accept it. I was like, no, 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 we can, we, 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 you know, if, what if I change this? What if you did, you know, all this denial where I was like, oh man, I just, and then just going through your right bargaining, all, everything you said, I, I oh, did. Oh yeah, totally. 
and the depression's really strong. I mean, that that's one of the things. I'll, I'll, let's keep going. I, I, I'm sure we'll hit on some more of this stuff too. I got some thoughts too, but yeah, yeah. And so that kind of leads me to like the second thing I wish I had known is that there is life after divorce, right? And there is sex after divorce. Okay, so since this is a sex one on one podcast, we would be remiss to not say that you will have sex again after your divorce. Yeah. And the reason that that felt important for me to share is that when we're in it. And I hear this so much from the clients I work with and and from people I know and love that are going through divorces. It's just like, I'm never going to find someone else. I'm never going to have sex again. There's right. no one else out there for me. And all of that is bullshit. <laughs> it is just fear. It is just patterning. It is not true. I promise that there is pleasure, life, bliss, orgasm. If you choose it, sex relationship after a divorce. And, and so just to know that even if it can't land for you right now, because you're hurting too much, that that is, I am assuring you that that is true. Yeah. It, it, once again, that you're right. It is totally true. And in the moment when it's first happening, it's so hard. I remember going, Oh man, will somebody find me attractive that, you know, mm-hmm. I just thought I was in love with the person that I'd be in love with for the rest of my life. And they said they didn't love me anymore. And so, right. and maybe they weren't attracted to me and maybe the next person won't, you know, it, you, that voice in your head, you are the meanest person to you. Like if you heard, For if sure. you heard another person talking the way you do to yourself, to somebody else, you would stop them. You, you can be so mean and harsh to yourself, but you're right. Like it, people, you, you are meant to be loved. You are meant to have sex. You are meant to have passion and desire. And there are people you do, you know, it just in the moment, it just feels like they will never show up. It's true. Yeah. It's true. And I think that that, you know, can keep you stuck and also can keep you in fear. And it also I've seen it can keep you in in a relationship that maybe isn't that you that the healthiest thing that it would be to part ways. Right. Um, So many and myself, for sure, it kept me uh, in a marriage that I was already like, <laughs> not really in anymore, but I was like too afraid because I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm, you know, what if no one ever wants to date me or I'm washed up or, <laughs> you know, right. all this messaging that we get societally that like that youthfulness and vitality is the only thing that's attractive is totally bullshit. It screws us up on so many levels. And so, you know, I mean, I, I have a, a mentor of mine who's 68 and having the best sex of her life and just got engaged, you know? Wow. Um, and, and, and I'm like, that is so cool. And so counter counter rhetoric that we get, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And so the third one is that, you know, uh, take, take time to heal. Like you just mentioned, Toby, it's just such a yeah. huge thing, right? It's so big, right? And, but take time to heal. And what that means will be different for each person. So that might be a therapist. That might be a coach. That might be reading books. That might be a, a support group. That might be a cl- sharing with a friend, whatever it is, multiple things of those, what take the time to heal. Um, and that kind of like leads me into two really common things, which, which I get asked about a lot as a sex and intimacy coach is break of sex and rebound sex. Okay. So I just want to touch on both of those. So breakup sex, meaning you have sex again with the person you are divorcing okay, or in the process of divorcing. Um, and rebound sex means you have sex with someone else, not the person you're divorcing during the divorce or post-divorce process. Um, as a, with no intention of like, you know, of having a relationship with that person. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I get asked, is this good or bad? Like, is it a good thing or a bad thing for me to do? And I don't like, I don't work like that. I don't do good or bad or wrong or right. My question for you, if you're considering breakup sex or rebound sex is 
well, first of all, is it consensual? Okay, so that goes without saying. But second of all, is does it serve you and your healing? Does it serve you and your healing? And if the answer is yes, and it's consensual, okay. And maybe you need to try it and see, and yes, it's good or no, it's not good. I mean, and their research says both ways, right? That, um, you know, rebound sex can be helpful for healing or it can be unhelpful for healing. So is it helpful for you where you are currently in your healing process? So, and another question is, or are you just avoiding pain? Or are you just avoiding sitting with yourself and the discomfort, right? And with breakup sex, if you're going to have sex with that person, like the really good communication, like does this, are you hoping that this gets you back together? Are they hoping that this gets you back together? Is this keeping you stuck with them? Um, so really, again, no judgment, get curious about that because I get asked, it's common, breakup sex and rebound sex are both very common. Um, and does it serve you? Yeah, you're right. That that healing process is something that you, I felt, I felt like I just wanted to get through it so fast. I just wanted to not hurt I just did. Totally. I, I mean, cause it, it felt so dark. I felt, I mean, I felt alone in my marriage and that was my responsibility. I'm not blaming mm -hmm. my ex at all. That was my responsibility. And that, that's one thing that I learned about. I wanted to not hurt cause it just felt like everything was lost. It felt like my whole world was lost and I, I you know, and I still needed to be a dad. I still had to work. I still had, right. you know, and, and all these things were felt like now there was more on my shoulders. And I just felt like who, Toby, you screwed up. That voice is happening. And uh, one of the things that really helped me with healing was I realized it was not my responsibility or uh, to, it wasn't my responsibility or I couldn't put all of it on my shoulders for my partner's unhappiness. Like I, I yeah. had to learn yeah. wait, that I, I can't fix this. Like I wanted to, fix it. And I stay married. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, her unhappiness isn't all about me now. Now we are unhappy together right now. And, but my responsibility is to love, mm -hmm. try, do the best I can. And then if, but I cannot, you can't make somebody else happy. You can only yeah. make your, you can only realize things about yourself and find your happiness or else it won't be real anyway. If your if your happiness is based on another person it, that will right. change and leave you. Yeah, that's so well said, right? I mean, and, and powerful. Like, we're not responsible for other people's happiness or unhappiness. Right. Yes, and we might have a role because we're yeah. in a relationship and a dynamic, but we're actually only responsible for our happiness or our own unhappiness. And that is tough. That's a doozy to swallow, but it's also very liberating. Yeah. And then one more thing on that healing. The other thing that helped me was I realized that some love ends. And that doesn't mean it mm. ends like you never were in love. It wasn't real to me. It's more like I love my ex now in a different way. I thought mm -hmm. we, we loved each other a certain way. And then that mm -hmm. changed and shifted. And now I, I can confidently say I still love her. Right. I think she still loves me, but right. our love now is different and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And it was hard to accept right. that. It's hard to accept because it right. in the moment it feels like rejection and loneliness mm -hmm. and all those things. Yeah. But now looking back on it in retrospect, now I can, uh, hindsight, it's more, I go, wait a minute, our love has changed and that's okay. And maybe we can find a, a new, like our relationship now is developing in a way that might really still be healthy. And, and, and totally. I didn't even, I, a year ago, I would have never thought this. I never mm, thought. I love that. Right. Like the closing of one iteration of your relationship 
and the opening of another, right? Especially if you have kids together, like the relationship will continue in well, some degree for co-parenting, varying degrees of success, but the the, the closing of one part of uh, one aspect of your relationship and the opening of a different one. I love that. And that's, and that's so cool to, you know, and I really, but I also honor you and your expert for allowing that both people have to be willing to have an evolution of the relationship. Yeah. But it's hard. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> um, and the fourth one I have is is like okay, so what? Because it's such a deconstruction, there you there is going to be space. And so the my question that I pose for our listeners is, how do you want to fill the space? Because you will fill it. This is what we do as humans. We we will fill the space, right? Especially if it feels like a void, okay? But space void, we will fill it. So how do you want to fill the space? Let, uh, my encouragement is for you to be thoughtful, to be conscious, to be conscientious about how you want to fill it, knowing that you will fill it. So maybe you want to fill it with exercise or picking up a new hobby or hanging out with friends more or, pick, or going to see a therapist or hiring a coach, right? And those are just some of many examples because otherwise you might fill it with social media scrolling or reading, you know, stuff that doesn't serve you or whatever, like, right. Or eating right. too much or drinking too much. Right. Yeah. We will fill the space. Yeah, so my, how do you mine was it? drinking a ton and not eating. I couldn't eat. Yeah. And I, I was like, I just tried to dull the pain with alcohol. I mean, totally. I really, I really was. I was like, wow. I mean, I was, there was a while there I was drinking every day and just like, I was like, I just, I am so lonely, so sad. This hurts yeah. so much. And mm-hmm. fortunately I got to a point where I was like, this isn't sustainable, dude. <laughs> You're a dad. You know, but, but in the moment you, like you said, you will feel it. You will fill mm-hmm. that space with anything yep. you can. You'll reach for a lot of things that maybe you shouldn't. You got to be aware of that. Yeah, totally. I love that. And I, you know, honor you for that insight, right? Like we do, and we're not great. Like we, we don't, uh, in our culture, we, we're not all very well skilled in sitting with discomfort. <laughs> we're really good at trying to get away from it, right? Yeah. Drink it away drug it away, screw it away, gamble it away, right? We do a lot to make it hurt less. And I'm not saying that hurting is easy, but like the whole feel to heal, let it move it all the way through. Those are cliches because they're true. (laughs) Okay. So when we numb, we numb, we numb our whole experience. We numb to the good stuff and the bad stuff. Um, And so if you know, just notice if you're feeling, if part of your feeling the space is numbing you, uh, my encouragement is to like seek the support you need, but relate to feel, I mean, feel to heal should be one of your mantras during this time, you know? Right. And one of the things for me is I, I still am working on this. It's supposed to hurt you. It yeah. is bad. It is like, if you fall and scrape your, your elbow, it hurts for a reason. It lets you know there's something right. wrong and it, you want to, you want to fix it so you can still have life. And that's the thing. Like yeah. you, you're hurting and you, you need to let it hurt and sit with it and feel it's okay to fill some of that space. I think with some of the hurt, sit with it. Don't try to run from it because it should mean something to you. I like your, your yeah. marriage, you, you, you married each other for a reason. You were in right. love. It, totally. it did mean something and to don't, so don't try to run from it. I, I did that. And I'm, I'm telling you, you can't, you can't run from it because it means so much you to can't. you. You know, it, yeah. it, it is a part yeah. of your life. It is a huge change. It is scary. It should right. Hurt. It's a central relationship in your life that is um deconstructing, right? Yeah. So that's a that's big. That's big. Yeah. yeah. Right. And and then you, you mentioned about it, that you which brings me to the fifth thing that you felt like lonely, right? Which is a completely common response. And that's the the fifth thing is to start to get 
there is a difference between alone and lonely. Mm. And we can confuse the two, particularly when we're hurting. Okay, so alone, right, is like a physical state. Lonely is an emotional state, right? Alone is pretty neutral. Lonely is a distressed, sad, you know, yearning feeling. So again, neither is wrong or right, but the encouragement is to get comfortable with alone and moving out of the lonely because the lonely is distressing, right? Um, And you can, and maybe some of you out there listening, maybe you feel lonely in your partnership. (laughs) That's one of the reasons you might be getting a divorce, right? If that's hard, you can feel lonely. It doesn't have to do with being solo or not solo. Um, Alone is simply a neutral state. It's a physical state. So, and it sounds way easier than said than done, but like learn to like date yourself, learn to fall in love with yourself, learn to enjoy the company you keep when you are with only yourself. Right. And that is much easier said than done, but it's a really important part of the healing. Yeah, you're right. I, I am a total extrovert and refuel with people being around. And one of the things I had to realize is like, man, when, uh, cause we had, we split the kids up, Jess gets them for a week. I get them for a week. And, mm-hmm. um, and when they were gone in the beginning, I was like, Oh no, this is so awful. I just, you know, I'd walk around the house and it was quiet and I had years of just every day, these kids are around and I love them so much. And I was just like, man, I wish they could just be here. Uh, gosh, I just wish they could be here so bad. And I realized that was about me. They do need to be with their mom. They are mm-hmm. having fun. She loves them just as much as me. And right. I, in a way I was, be, I was thinking just about my loneliness or, or right. even though you're right, I was, I was just alone. And, and I, and I realized that I was like, wait a minute, I it's okay to be alone and I can mm-hmm. motivate myself to work and to clean the house and to mm-hmm. have fun mm-hmm. and to go out with friends and use this time for healing and growth. Mm-hmm. But in the moment I was, I really had to realize, I was like, Oh, I'm making it about me. Yeah. I want my kids here, but that's a, of course we, I want them here and they want to be here with me and be with their mom and stuff. But I realized, Oh, it's okay. I can, I can do this without them and I can be here and I can be happy. And and it's still, that, sometimes that's still, you know, cause I'm such an extrovert. It's still a process. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like my ex, yeah. she, he's a total introvert. Like she loves right. her a long time. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. jealous sometimes, you know, of course she <laughs> likes it when, when she has the kids, she loves it, but she enjoys yeah. her alone time. Like, Oh man. And I'm, and I'm over here like, oh, I wish I, yeah, I'll call them. Hey, yes. what y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's dad. It's dad. Right, right. Yeah. Right. It's different. Yeah. yeah. So it's tough, but yeah. once again, it's a process and it takes time. All these things I think we're talking about too. Uh, it, it might even be lifelong, you know, stuff comes up and triggers or, you know, it's almost like arrested development. Something bad happens. You're back to that fight or flight or scared or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I realized that my divorce is just a part of that. Like, the, the deeper thing yeah. there is, Toby, can you figure out how to be healthy and understand things in a way that are is not only beneficial to you, but to your family and friends and all of that? And then uh, awesome. I did want to say one more thing, too. One of the things I filled my time with that I regret um, is I wanted to, like, punish my ex in a way. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted to be mean totally. or hateful or say I, I would say things that were true but they are harsh, you know, and they were true. So I felt like, Oh, but I'm saying the truth here, but it was so harsh and it didn't benefit. It didn't benefit me. Even if I was right, it was kind of just, you know, it was, it was just a, a, 
a way of being that I, I regret that I wish I wouldn't have done that. Mm. Like, but once again, you can't change yeah. or control somebody's happiness or unhappiness. And, and you also can't guilt them into loving you or choosing the way you think is right. Like that's just right. It's not, it's not yeah, right. no. And I, I love that vulnerable share because that also just makes you human by the way, Toby. And I, I had that as well. I think many of us do this, you know, kind of punish or revenge piece that shows up. Um, and we get to work with that, right? We get yeah. to, we get to either lean into that or lean out of that, heal that, integrate that, notice that, you know, it, it is a human response. It's just not the best human response. Right. I mean, it's, it's also like, doesn't feel good. I mean, they say like, right, the revenge is like taking, you know, taking poison and expecting the other person to die, right? <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, it, it really is really not feel good in your own body, right? But it is pretty common and, and to, to not be yourself up for it, but just to move through it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anything else we want to hit on this? No, I think that's yeah. a good good place to pause. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think all of this, it it is so hard. It just is. Divorce is not easy. And even if you can, you know, some people, it seems like it doesn't even hardly affect them, but I, it does. It like it does. It, it is a a bond and a love that is is unique and awesome. And when it comes to an end, it's really difficult. So take mm-hmm. your time. Uh, use some of the things that we talked about here, and uh, yeah, and send in questions too. If you have any questions, if you if you're going through divorce yeah, right now, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, Stormy uh, has so much wisdom and knowledge and works with so many people, you can you know email mm-hmm. her and she will give you. So much insight, so much help uh, for you or your partner. You know, I refer yeah. your partner even to her. So, and if you and thanks, Toby. And I think if you, you know, if I think of the offering, different offerings that I have, you know, the, I have a complimentary wellness guide that is a, a wheel that you get to like actually fill out. But it might be a helpful tool if you're if you're a listener or viewer going through a divorce. So just shoot me an email, stormy at lovedeeplab.com and put free wellness guide in the subject, and I'll send that to you. But it helps you kind of look at where where are you really well right now? Where might you need to to up the wellness in different yeah. parts of your life as you heal through a divorce? All right, let's get to Stump Stormy. It's time to Stump Stormy. I have one about marriage, by the way. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Married people are more likely to what than people living alone? Mm, well, masturbate came up. Nailed um, it. <laughs> <laughs> she wins again, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> she wins. <laughs> yeah. I mean, which I love, by the way. I yeah. love that statistic because people are like, oh, you only masturbate when you're single. You're like, okay, research says opposite. But I also love that when you're in a couple, why stop self-pleasuring just because you're in a coupleship? So, yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, you got it. Okay, let's move to uh, listener questions. I love these. Have a question? We've got answers. Here's this week's listener question. All right. I've always wondered if male and female orgasms felt the same way. And what does the other person experience? What do you think about that one? Oh, I love it. So, I mean, the cool thing is I love to read research on orgasms, of course. We really don't actually know. We know a lot about it. 
but we don't know all that much about it. And there's yeah. still this like magical, mystical thing that nobody can quite seem to explain, which I also love about orgasms. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is sort of like, I wish I could know the answer to this one. I wish science could know the answer to this one, but there's a lot of similarities between me and we know more about male orgasms than female orgasms. We only started studying female orgasms more recently. Uh, and, but th- so there's a lot of similarities as far as like the, you know, contractions and and of the pelvic floor and blood flow and endorphins and feel-good hormones and a lot of similarities there but a couple of the differences are um the male orgasm men often ejaculate with orgasm um although those are two separate phenomena but they're also they're often very closely linked in time and experience um and then the male orgasm lasts between like 5 and 22 seconds research would say and the female orgasm almost twice as long with 13 to 51 seconds so the female orgasm almost twice as long. Um, and then for the females, obviously there's vaginal wall contractions that are a little bit different. So, uh, but they're both amazing. <laughs> they're both, um, both of the, both men and women can be multi-orgasmic, although research would say a little more likely in female to be more multi-orgasmic, which by the way, I think that should be another podcast episode, how to be multi-orgasmic. <laughs> Maybe yeah. stay tuned coming soon. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, those are some of the differences um, in male and female orgasms. Awesome. All right. Uh, second listener question. I have a high sex drive and I feel like I want to have sex all the time. Is there anything I could do to lower my feelings and desires? And I thought this was an interesting one because we always talk about sexual desire, wanting to have sex and doing it. This person is saying they want to lower it. So what do you think about this one? Yeah, I mean, that was my first thought is I want to say, I love the question. Thank you for asking. And and why do you want to lower your sex drive? And that's I don't mean that with judgment. I'm literally curiosity. Why, why listener, do you want to lower your sex drive? Is it because there's a a gap between your sex drive and your partner's sex drive. And that feels like conflictual. Is it because you just think it's too much on your mind? Like, I'd be curious to know a little bit more because typically, like you mentioned, we're working on helping people increase their sex drive. Um, but I think it's, you know, so just get curious with yourself as, as to why you would want to. Um, and one of the ways that, that I work with my clients, um, not on lowering their sex drive, but we call it transmutation. It's like shifting your sexual energy from just in your genitals to like throughout your body. Okay. And that's usually done with breath work and visualization. Super cool. Uh, super powerful. I love it. Um, but because our sexual energy is so potent, right? It has the potential to create life. And so we are very myopic in that we only think about our sexual energy when we're having sex or wanting to have sex. And yet we can actually learn to like move the, like use the power of our sexual energy and put it into our creative endeavors, our parenting, how we are as a boss or an employee. So, um, that may be something to look at is how do you shift and move your sexual energy to be a force that you use rather than just something you express through your genitals. Yeah, that's awesome. And and I think too, just understanding why do you feel that way? Like, like Stormy was saying, because is it something somebody told you that your sex drive is too high or like, mm-hmm. what is a high sex drive for you? Like really think about it and, you know, do your research. But I mean, sex, having sex often is a good thing. That's not, it's, it's, it's not unhealthy. Um, and so don't, allow other people to influence you or shame you. You know, there's times in my life where I felt some shame because I thought, yeah, I just enjoy having sex and you don't have to have that shame. And so don't, don't allow right. that to, to seep True. into your mind. Nicely said. Um, all right. Feel free once again, to email us, um, your sex topics, sex questions. Um, tell us some, you know, all about you, uh, whatever you're going through, send us some emails. You can email stormy at 
lovedeetlab.com. You can email me at toby at marriagesupply.com. And to get your wellness guide, you can email Stormy as well. Um, lots of offerings here. You get 10% off at marriagesupply.com. It's our sex toy company. Um, use sex 101 as a code and you will get 10% off. Uh, you can also follow Dr. Stormy on Instagram at docstormy, the number one, docstormy1, or TikTok, touchy subjects with three S's. And marriage supplies on Instagram as well, the.marriage.supply. And as always, remember, knowledge is power. Sex is power. And the world needs more of both.